Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we're excited. This week is going to be the beginning of another two-part series. Yes. We find that some movies and TV shows and other stuff, you know, that, that you know, we can, we can take care of this stuff in one episode. Yeah. But we watched this particular film, <laughs> 90s movie. Yes, of course. Right at the tail end of the 90s, actually. This movie was released December 25th, 1999. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah and we are going to do a two-parter. One, because there was just this movie was so rich. <laughs> and secondly, because it's funny, this movie, in this movie, is a two-part episode. Yeah, two-parter. Yeah, two-parter. Sam Rockwell. Right. And if Brooke hasn't already given a, a tad bit of a spoiler, yes. the film we're talking about this week is Galaxy Quest. Yes. Galaxy Quest, again, as I said, tail end of the 90s. Right. Right before the year 2000, December 25th. It was a Christmas opening. Christmas release. Oh, I didn't realize December that. December 25th. Yeah, the movies stay open on Christmas. Yes, thank goodness. Yeah. Except unless you're an employee. Well, yeah. There's always, you know. I can imagine it was it, it was tough. If Jeff were on the show this week, <laughs> our occasional co-host Jeff, my buddy over in Washington State, hey Jeff, we love you. Yes, yes. Um, and mm-hmm. and we're we've already been in talks with Jeff about an episode in a few weeks, so we're excited about that. Yes, Jeff is always in our in our tape store discussion layer. Yeah, we consider him a tape store employee. Yes, exactly. Uh, me and Brooke are tape store management. Yes, I've Jeff, told Toby many times I want to get us management like name tags. Right. Jeff is uh, an employee, or maybe even a shift supervisor. Who knows? I was going to say he can't be just an employee. No, but he's part of the tape store team. Yes, and I know <laughs> the that tape store listening, task force. And I know that right now, <laughs> listening to this, I hope you're smiling, Jeff. We love you. <laughs> Galaxy Quest, Galaxy Quest, uh, directed by Dean Parasot or Parasot, P A R I S O T. Mm. Dean Parasot. Yeah. Uh, Again, released December twenty fifth, nineteen ninety nine, starring. I'm only going to give a few of the actors. We're going to, you know, talk about some others. Yes. As well, but it stars Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver. Already great. We're already already stacked. Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver. If that wasn't now, it's about to be really stacked. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. The late great. Alan Rickman, who is a joy to watch in anything. Literally anything. And there's lots of other 90s movies, 80s uh, and 90s movies that we can let, talk about with him in Yeah, it. let me just toss out um, <clears throat> Sense and Sensibility, Ugh. Or, which is a film that is that English, is it, who wrote it? Jane Austen. Jane Austen. It's a Jane Austen movie. It's one of those English period This is period my pieces. area, sir. And this is a movie that, the type of movie that when it came out, I thought, oh, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Brooke and then, got me. And then you were schooled. And then I was schooled. And the next <laughs> thing you know, I'm I'm watching it and I'm emotional and I'm crying because of Alan Rickman. Yes, and I would just like to say that as Colonel Brandon, Alan Rickman. Look, I have seen other adaptations of Sense and Sensibility, and they are great. I'm not saying they're not, but I'm sorry. Alan Rickman is the only Colonel Brandon. Right. Like no, he's he the is. only one. Forget it. There are some actors that play roles. There are some actors that play roles. Some actors become the role. We're talking about Alan Rickman as Colonel Brandon. He was perfect. I'm talking about um, uh, Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, Tom Holland as Spider-Man, Christopher Reeve being Superman. Yeah, these are roles these people were born to play. Yeah, they become the role. They just become the role. But But to be fair... Alan Rickman does this with every role. Snape. That was exactly what I was about to say. The Sheriff of Nottingham and Robin Hood. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about they become they become these roles, and yeah. and it's like you can forget. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't other actors that can come and take these roles, right? But you know, and and I want to stop myself because we can make this whole podcast. We about could just Al- yeah, we could just talk about Alan. We Rickman. could just talk about Alan Rickman, and then and honestly, be fulfilled. <laughs> We'd be fine with it because he is one of my favorite actors, he's, and yeah, and, I and think, he's reportedly in, incredibly supportive of whoever is part of his cast ensemble team right he just has all <clears throat> these numerous wonderful stories about him so i love him even more i'm not just right. he's not just a great actor he's obvious he was uh, still is thanks to to the yes. power of cinema uh he is still such a great person and yeah actor. I, I i can't say enough about rickman um daryl mitchell comedian actor daryl mitchell is in this film tony shalhoub 
Another one. Another good one. And we'll stop there because we got some other people. to. Oh, also, uh, Enrico Colantoni is in this movie. And honestly, I'm sorry, but I need to throw in on the, that t- list Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, because yes. Well, you threw him out there already, but true, yes, but Sam Rockwell is just isn't. a gem. He's someone who has gotten better with the more he does, oh, in gosh. my opinion. The more I see of Sam, Ro- Sam Rockwell, the more I love that. I agree. So what is Galaxy Quest about? Well... You, being a Star Trek fan, which mm-hmm. I was in the 90s with The Next Generation and with Deep Space Nine, yes. <clears throat> very different shows, both equally brilliant. I was more of a Next Generation fan. Mm-hmm. DS9 really dealt with some, uh, really tackled some some issues that um, Next Generation didn't, but that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> being a, because this isn't about Star Trek. Right. But I think well, they were, but they were. It is it has allusions it, too. It, it isn't direct. Yeah, a lot of allusions to Star Trek pr- prepare for that, and just the culture surrounding Trekkies and fans, you know, stuff like that, and the actors. And this film is just so great. It really is in so many ways. It tells its own story, mm-hmm. but it is such a great um, homage to these type to, to this genre, sci-fi TV. Yeah. And such a great homage, I think, to Star Trek. We, we just love this. Right. And I liked the movie and became even more of a fan of it after you and I yes. started dating and watching movies because together. I was like really diehard about this movie. Right, you were, yeah. Ah, uh, no pun intended. Yes. Ah, very good. Also Alan Rickman. Yeah. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Also Alan Rickman. Great. He, he can, <laughs> he's a great villain. He's a great protagonist. He this, really this is. This guy. Okay. I know. Enough about Alan. I'm sorry. All right. Let's talk about Galaxy Quest. Let's jump right in. This is a two-parter, so please sit in and get comfortable with the Galaxy Quest stuff. Yes. Because we're going to be talking about this at the tape store for the next two weeks. Yes. So let's jump into the film, shall we? Let's. We see the whole DreamWorks, you know, Steven Spielberg's uh, company, DreamWorks, Mm -hmm. you know, the kid fishing on the moon. Oh, yes. Really, I've always loved the DreamWorks. I loved the original, like, little jingle for it i know they have one now it's new yeah, do, 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 do. yeah that's the new one yeah and then it, there was amblin too that had uh, yeah. the, the et mm-hmm. the famous oh, yeah. et silhouette of i always loved that after we see all that you know everything as far as after that as far as the beginning the opening you know intro is very much not like a film but like a tv show yes yeah which, which is obviously a, a, a mimicry illusion mm-hmm. of star trek it's called Galaxy Quest. I mean, it, it comes right. There's no slow like fade in of the titles. It just boom. It's great. Yeah. The titles and that fanfare is yeah, so great. The titles are reminiscent of Star Trek. The musical fanfare, as you just mentioned, is as well. Out of space flies an oddly shaped spaceship, which isn't similar, but again, a take on the Enterprise. I remember it when looks I looks a li- It has that well, Enterprise look. It the, does. The Enterprise doesn't quite look like. Uh, what you would think a starship would look like. No. It, it, it's not necessarily sleek, you know? No. It it has an interesting design. It's just kind of, yeah, it, but when you see, you know, the NSEA protector, you know. Yeah, the NSEA protector you is. You think, is okay, that's USS the Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah. yeah. So we have this opening. On the bridge or command deck of this ship, we get a glimpse of our cast of characters. It's like a TV show. It's like we're watching the beginning yeah, of a show. it's great. We see the commander, uh, which is Tim Allen. Yes. We don't know who these characters... We're watching a scene. We only are seeing these characters being presented. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Allen is apparently the commander. Alan Rickman is a humanoid alien. He has these uh, these um, appendages on his head, which yeah. shows that he's obviously a different race. And he says, by Grabthar's hammer, we live to tell the tale. <laughs> so he's this kind of transcendent character. He's a Spock. He's a Spock. Yeah. And Spock was a character that was very much involved mm-hmm. with, you know, with with the um, the human counterparts on Star Trek. But he he had this transcendental yeah, presence wisdom and... that only could be done by Len- Leonard Nimoy, of course. And Zachary Quinto did a phenom- phenomenal job oh, in the newer Star Treks him. as well. But he he's he's obviously the Spock. Now, do we do we uh, give um, commander's name? No, we don't have any names yet. We don't know. Okay, so we Tim Allen is kind of giving commands. Alan Rickman says, uh, "By Grabthar's hammer, we live to tell the tale." Sigourney Weaver, her character, uh, she's another crew member. We see a young boy helming the ship. I'm talking mm-hmm. like an adolescent boy. Yeah, Looks like, like he's child. maybe twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. And we see Tony Shalhoub. He makes an appearance. They're all kind of you know talking space talk. You yeah. Know? 
They're in the midst of some kind of like they just escaped something. escaped something. Suddenly, the ship comes under attack from an unknown enemy force. We don't really know what's going on. And as trouble becomes desperation, Tim Allen, the commander, says, "Never give up, never surrender." And when the crew looks to him for orders during this this climactic scene, he he looks very pensive but also intense, and he says, "Activate the Omega Thirteen." And then we see to yeah. be continued. Yeah, that's it. To be continued. How many TV shows have we seen with To Be Continued? We love that. Yes. We love, we love, we and, hate, love and hate it. And yeah. hate To Be Continued. Then we have this zoom out and <laughs> see that what we were watching was actually from a Galaxy Quest convention, number yeah. 18. And it's a gathering, like a, like a Comic-Con or Dragon-Con. Yeah. Yes. A, a, a convention where fans come yeah, to... Yeah, they're, ce- they're dressed up. Yeah, to it's... celebrate their science fiction or popular culture. These things... Are like all the rage now, and oh, we talk yeah. about this. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. did not used to be. No, they. It the, used it's to be cool for like everyone to go to Comic Con or Dragon Con. Now it was one hundred percent a type. You were no, a yeah. type of person. That and I'm not knocking that. that because I was that type. Right, exactly. That's my type. <laughs> and Jeff, if you're listening, Jeff was that type. Yes. And that's why when and I love that these things are mainstream popular as far as like. And you notice a lot of the actors, now we see the big build actors coming mm-hmm. to these things. Oh, yeah. We see Benedict Cumberbatch walking around at Comic-Con. Yes. Who is like an incredible actor. Robert Downey Jr., these guys. What what I'm saying is it is now mainstream. It is yeah. all the rage. It was very much a, it was still a fringe thing and, in yeah. the 90s, even late 90s and 2000s. And I think really. it had to do with, with culture and things, and maybe some things that I'm not even sure. But, but, but I the really, fact that, I really, and, I, and honestly, just the, the popularity of things like Marvel and how Marvel has been so mainstreamed now, yeah, I it, think it, that has a lot to do it with it. It has come into the mainstream, definitely. Yes. And, and <clears throat> what I love is, again, <clears throat> whether you're a new fan that just showed up to Star Trek, Star Wars, Mm-hmm. Marvel, I love it. I'm not yeah. saying, oh, you're late to the party. But what I'm saying is, I was into this stuff <laughs> before it was cool. Before it was mainstream cool. Yeah, for sure. What we see is, uh, we see Sam Rockwell. He plays a man named Guy Fleegman. His name is Guy, <laughs> yeah. which I think is interesting because he kind of is. He's just kind that of is guy. just a guy, yeah. but his name is Guy Fleegman. He's mm-hmm. the MC, um, who's kind of at this podium and. This big gathering of fans. Some of them are dressed up, um, incredibly excited, and it beckons of a Star Trek convention. They were watching what is called the Lost Episode ninety two, which was a two part series from nineteen eighty two. Yes. So this was a while back. So and, it's and, been about twenty years. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, this is Galaxy Quest comp, uh, convention eighteen. Yep. So, I mean, again, the the, the crowd is pumped, and. Guy begins to introduce the intrepid crew of the NSEA Protector. NSEA is, is it National Space... Space Exploration? Uh, Yeah, something. Administration or... Oh, yeah. Probably. Or Association. Whatever. Kind of a play on NASA. So, he begins to introduce them. So, they're supposed to come out. But they're still backstage. Okay? As Fliegman introduces the crew, they're, they're all hanging out. And the tone, the atmosphere, the mood is very tense. Yeah, we we get to here's where we get to really see what the actors behind those characters are like now. Yeah, right. So before we go into that scene, I'm going to go through the cast as far as their names in the film. Right. Tim Allen plays Jason Nesmith, who plays Commander Peter Quincy Taggart. He's the commander of the Protector. He's like our Captain Kirk. He is. Yes. Yeah. Jason Nesmith. We have Sigourney Weaver, who plays Gwen DeMarco, and she plays, in the in the show, Lieutenant Tawny Madison. Tawny. That's just such a... The ship's communication officer and the only one who can communicate between the computer and the crew. Yes. Which seems For pointless. some... Which is, not right. a, which is not a job. Not a job, but she makes such a thing of it, right? Right. It's funny. We have Alan Rickman playing Alexander Dane, also Alex Dane, yeah. who plays Dr. Lazarus. Yes. You know, kind of a play on Mr. Spock. Dr. Lazarus is 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 an alien, uh, ra- a part of an alien race, uh, the Mokhtar. Right. And the ship's science officer, which Spock was the ship's science yeah. officer. And he Star has Trek. his own, like, almost like religious kind of... Like Vulcan. Yeah, exactly. And he has a line. And what is that famous line? By Grabthar's hammer, you shall be avenged. Yes. That is his line, which, again, 
we're only privy to what's in this film, but the film does a great job explaining this this years, however long the show had gone on, a few years. Yeah. Of this really intense culture and fandom created by the show, and th- and this is obviously something he probably said every episode, yeah, or something similar to by Grabthar's hammer blank, you know, yeah, <laughs> fill in the blank. Daryl Mitchell, Daryl Mitchell plays Tommy Weber as Lieutenant Laredo, the kid, the ship's pilot. <laughs> yes, and he's grown now. He's like looks like he's maybe in his mid twenties now. Yeah, and we have Tony Shalhoub as Fred Kwan who plays Deck Sergeant Chen, the chief's, uh, excuse me, the ship's chief engineer, kind of like Scotty, right? So they're all backstage. Right. And Alex looks miserable. This is uh, Alan Rickman. Alex, he looks miserable. He's in his makeup. And he begins to lament, looking at himself in the mirror, that he was once this great Shakespearean actor that ended up on this this cult-following sci-fi show. And he's upset about saying, I'm not going to say that stupid line. Yeah, I right? can't, I won't. Now, it's interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk, when we think about, again, in another allusion to Star Trek, Patrick Stewart. Yes. Before he was Jean-Luc Picard, you know, he was 40, I think he was 47 when he took over right. the role. So he had had a, a long, successful career, be, especially on yeah. stage, before this. Forget it. I mean, Patrick Stewart yeah. is, from what I've seen of, of Patrick Stewart, he's even returned as Picard in, in this newer series. Yes. He seems to have really embraced mm-hmm. uh, Jean-Luc Picard and who he, what he means to fans and stuff. In fact, uh, and I think I was just talking to Brooke just the other day. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I watched this, um, I think it was a Comic-Con panel or some kind of convention panel, and he, he was back up on uh, stage with his cast members, and he was crying. Yeah. And just saying, all the feelings are back. And I just thought that was so beautiful, especially as someone who yeah. loved The Next Generation. And he talked about how how him and Jonathan Frakes, uh, who played Will Riker, right. had trouble getting through their last scene. Like, they just could not get through it. And I just... That's so sweet. Yeah. I mean, th- these, these things become real. But wasn't he resistant to his role as Picard? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just know this. It is very obvious when you watch the show. Yeah. When you see Patrick Stewart acting against the other actors, mm-hmm. you just see that he is kind of on this different plane yeah. because of his approach. And right. because, I mean, English actors, mm-hmm. forget it. The, the, their train, I'm not, their training and their approach is, di- is different from American actors. Right. You know? So we see Alex, was Alan Rickman's character, kind of going through this, uh, you know, he, he comes from a similar. You know, he, he was a Shakespearean actor. I was Richard the Third. you know. Yes, five and curtain calls. Five yeah. curtain calls. <laughs> and now he's he's this, and in his mind, what he sees is just a, a role that's unbecoming of, of of what he should be or what he used to be. Right. He feels that he's he's worth more than what he's been reduced, well, to, in, in, to him, yeah. reduced to. And because he has such a presence, and he really does, like, he's such a, um, a, a, a thermostat. Yeah, Alan Rickman. I think he's like that anyway. But yeah, it seems that Alex Alexander Dane, his character, is kind of a thermostat because if he's not doing well, it's, everybody else is kind of struggling. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but but when we meet them, they really are all struggling. They are. Well, Gwen and Tommy are angry because Nesmith hasn't arrived. You know, Tim Allen hasn't arrived. His character. Right. Uh, yeah, he's late. And Fred, Tony Shalhoub, he's an hour and a half late. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and and they're having to, their guy is having to uh, stall stall the crowd, and they're getting restless because they want to see the crew of the protector. Yeah, because we can hear in the background, we want the crew. Yeah, we want the crew. Fred is relaxed and reading a paper. Nothing seems to bother him. He's he, wonderful. Yeah, he plays a very eccentric guy, and I think we're no no real questions, no real. He's just fine just, with literally yeah. whatever happens to him. Like he's like, eh, this might as well happen. Yeah, but we get the sense that the group just isn't happy at all, right? About their accomplishments on the show, they seem to look at it as more of like a oh, whatever, well. And oh, as we stated before, Gwen DeMarco, her role, like when when, she, when we first meet her, she's like like you said, repeating the computer essentially. Yeah, and she is bemoaning the fact that things are like magazines and things that interview. They're focusing more on her physical attributes. Yes, than her actual contribution as an actress and a crew member. Yeah, so she's really upset because she's just being um, what's the word like um. Objectified, objectified, yeah. She's being objectified, which happens. And uh, yes, with with uh, which which has happened. Can be great with women. It can also be really, really objectifying. So it just depends on 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 what you're reading or watching. And 
her and Alex actually get into an argument. Gwen and Alex mm-hmm. begin arguing about their popularity on the show, and she even said, she goes, you know, at least you, you know, had a character with some depth and people liked you. Yeah. You know, my the TV Guide interview just wanted to know how I fit into my suit. Yeah. And, you know, finally, in walks Nesmith. And he's the only one that seems to be happy to be there. He's like, come on, guys, yeah. And the, why is that? But that's because he know he ultimately knows it's all most it's all a lot of it's about him. He has the biggest fan base. And so he feels obviously entitled to be late. He feels entitled to be like, hey, what? Come on. What's what's wrong with you? Because like, he's just he's really just on planet Jason Nesmith. The problem is. It seems up to this point, the group or the, you know, as w- the crew, as we're eventually going to call them. Yes. when Things get really um, things get real. Things get real. Literally for them. It seems that up to this point, though, the crew doesn't really kind of go anywhere unless Jason is Mm -hmm. pulling the strings because he's the star. Right. And this is a problem. As they begin to go out on stage... Alex attempts to actually leave. Like, he's had, he's like, nope, I'm, I'm going, I'm not <laughs> he's doing to this. He's sneak out with, like, a trench coat over his head. How is Jason able to convince Alex to stay? He says, the show must go on. And because he's this English, like... Stage actor. It, 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 for him, it's like, it's like his religion. Yeah. So he That is in. his Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> like, then in real life, that is his Grabthar's yeah. hammer. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. And I think that's interesting is that that is... He actually is like Alex. He actually he, I mean, he is, is like Dr. Lazarus. Yeah, he is like Dr. Lazarus. I think we're just now realizing that. Yeah, and I love that when that yeah. happens on the show. I mean, that you we just had a moment. He was just like, dang it. Yeah. Like, he was like, man. And and I don't want to jump ahead, so let's just keep right, going. I know, I mean, I know. it's I know. hard, it's hard. Okay. So they all come out. I mean, the crowd's going wild with Nesmith getting much more fanfare because he's Commander Taggart. You know, much to the rest of the cast's annoyance. Yes. And uh, he says his token line, he turns, he kind of gives this, you know, he kind of jerks the shoulder and looks, never give up, never surrender. The crowd goes wild. And then he, like, keeps saying the line, like, from the episode. Like, I'm like, Jason, (laughs) no. Yeah, and then they're like, all right, they're going to sign autographs. You know, they they And he gets mad that they turn off the mic. And they're like, oh, my God. The crew goes to the tables and begins signing autographs. Here we find that Guy Fleegan, Sam Rockwell, was actually on the show. Right. He was an extra cast member. He is what is known in Star Trek mythology as a red shirt. Yes. This is usually on episodes, and Next Generation did it, but the this came actually from the original series with Captain right. Kirk. They would have these guys in red shirts. In Star Trek, very much also, Galaxy Quest does it yeah. as well, but in Star Trek, uh, you, the color of your uniform had to do with your division. Like, gold was command. Uh, red was uh, in the original series. Gold right. was command. Blue was sciences, and uh, red was communications. And yeah. and the the security guys that would go along with the teams on the planets were also in red. That that was like <laughs> under their division, you know. So they go, and anytime something bad would happen with Captain Kirk and Spock, one of those red shirts would always die. Yep, we'd have to lose a guy. Yeah. But it couldn't be someone we really, really loved. No. I mean, look, some people did die in Star Trek, but most of the time, it was these red shirts. Yep. Well, we find out that Guy was a red shirt. He was killed off in a random episode. Episode 81. Yeah. He's apparently still living off that one moment. Yes, he's crewman number six. He's like, I don't know if you remember me. But yeah, he was a red shirt. And he came supplied with his own headshots and willingness to sit in. Yeah. And because it's Sam Rockwell, it's just so funny. We and love. He, was Guy. he? Was he really? I mean, I, I'm. I don't know. I never. I had never seen him before Galaxy Quest, so I don't know what his career was like before that. But for me, that was the first time I had seen him, and I was like, "Who is this guy? He's hysterical." Oh no, he was. Yeah, and now we've since seen and him. And now forget things, it. Know, like, Iron he's Man everywhere. Two. Yeah. We've seen him in Iron Man Two, a, a very little known film, probably for some people, Gentleman Broncos. Oh my! Oh my God! The the, the, the same people that directed uh, Napoleon, so funny. Napoleon Dynamite. At the very least, guys, if you haven't seen it, just, go, watch just go, it. go look at the bloopers on YouTube. Watch it for Sam Rockwell. That's all you need. You know. Um, so it, it's not at the level of Napoleon Dynamite. No, but no. It, it it is. It was entertaining. It has, but it, it has some people you'll love and recognize. It, it's worth in it, it for Jermaine Clement. It's worth it for Sam Rockwell. Yes. Okay. So Alex, now back to the film. So Alex is annoyed. He's signing autogra- autographs for his fans that adore him because he's Doctor Lazarus. And they're repeating the line. And th- they're coming up, and they're so, and now. How do they salute in Galaxy Quest? 
they they put their their hand to their heart. Yeah, they right? they, pound, they pound their fist to their heart. Yeah, and they come up to him. They pound their fist to their heart. By grab Thor's hammer, you shall be avenged. He just snatches the headshots and signs them real quick. Next. Yeah, <laughs> not being nice at all. No, because he's he's sick of his trademark line because he feels that it's <clears throat> excuse me. He's sick of his trademark line because he feels it's beneath him. As a yeah. Shakespearean actor, as someone who's and far I feel more bad for these fans oh, who no. are probably like, I mean, living the dream, standing in front of this person. Yeah, they wait probably all year for this you right. know, convention. So, and the cast is just there. I mean, they're yeah, they're meeting and greeting. They're not like being mean necessarily, but well, who, except for except for Alexander. Who is making the fans happy though? Jason Nesmith. Jason, Jason Nesmith again, self centered, knows the sh- well. Not I'm gonna say knows. Definitely thinks the show, right? Whether he is doing this, whether he's kind of being absent-minded, or you know, right? He is self-centered. Yes, for sure. He sees the show as, hey, what's going on? Yeah. This is my claim he, to fame. Yeah. Whether he realizes it or not, his his cast is in the shadow, and they're, and they're struggling with it. Yeah. But but where Jason Nesmith actually is doing well is with his fans. He's yes. talking to this little boy and he's talking he's engaging him. He's talking about the show as if it's real. Yeah. And this is a contrast to how the rest of of the the cast behaves. He, he validates the feelings of his fans, which is important. He makes them feel heard and like seen and like even though he's so he's yeah. so self-centered but somehow he really makes these people feel special and and Gwen kind of comments on that she's like she notices i mean you gotta say they they really love him yeah i mean the cast is struggling being treated like they're in his shadow yeah they they are Mm -hmm. and that's not really good for jason no because he should be more sensitive with this right but he's he's really not he's he's definitely Mm -hmm. self-centered right and there's definitely a there there's an us versus them kind of thing going on here like there's basically all the crew is friends and then there's jason that they're they I, I'm I'm sure right. they have they love they have love for him, you know, just after working with him for so many years. Yeah, but at the, the same time they're, they're like, Man, you're we really do, being a jerk. We do find that they're definitely they're they very much care about each they other. They do. He and, just and, makes it difficult. He makes it difficult. But at the same time, this this problem runs both ways. The the the, the cast and I'm talking about Gwen and Alex and yeah. and, and Tommy and Fr- they're not engaging their fans. They wallow they pick apart. They've picked apart their roles and have seen them seen it as something they've done, which so many people like. Mm-hmm. But it's beneath them. They demean themselves as B list actors almost. Yeah. From this canceled show. Right. And, and and they seem to be taking it out on their fans. And this is what Jason isn't doing. Right. Uh, Gwen has a moment where she sees Jason, as you mentioned, with the fans, and she does show some admiration. Mm-hmm. And Jason notices her looking at him, and. Uh, he, he's approached by some uh, Jason in this moment is approached by some teen super fans in costume and who is among them Justin Long right he plays Brandon yes. and he's just this really quirky kind of you know super fan he's like a cute skinny yeah. little like nerdy kid and he's got like his friends with him and they're like and they're asking him asking him just really detailed questions about the show he's not listening to them anymore because he's met eyes with Gwen there's there's either has been a history or almost was a history yeah there's something between them. Yes. Right? Gwen, then we go over to Gwen. She actually, in this moment, is asked by a fan if her character, Tawny, had a thing with Taggart. Yeah. The, um, you know, Jason's character. Gwen says no, but Jason comes behind her. He's left Brandon as yeah, in, mid, Brandon. in mid-question and says, well, that's her story, right? Right. Leaving the fan, of course, like, very, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah there's, there could be something, right? Because Jason's about that. Like, let's let them be excited about this stuff. Yeah. After this moment, they're approached by another group of what appears to be some fans. Yes. Very, very excited. This this group of, um, I think there's four of them. Yeah. Yeah, four of them. And they appear to be fans. They're dressed up in costume and in, in, in what appears to be in NSEA uniforms. Right. They have oddly pale skin. All they're, have jet black hair. All have jet black hair. They move awkwardly, and they are incredibly moved at the sight of Gwen. Gwen just kind of, because, you know, Gwen and Jason had just had this moment where they're talking to this fan, and then Gwen gets up and leaves. Yeah, because she's she's irritated. She's irritated by Jason. Yeah. Jason tries to follow her. She walks by this group of what we think are fans, and they're moved. They're like, and they Lieutenant Madison. They they salute salute. her. Yeah. And they're, oh, Lieutenant. And she doesn't even notice She doesn't even notice. She just walks right by him. 
and then Jason walks by him, and they stop him. They salute him. They address him as commander. They introduce themselves as Thermians and that they need his help with a matter of supreme importance. (laughs) Now, Ball writes, this just seems a... This just seems like some really enthusiastic fans. Like some intense cosplay or something. Yeah. Yeah. Jason thinks, though, that this must be about some acting gig he has to do. Right. He dismisses them and tells them to come to his house the next day with a limo. They agree because, you know, he's, he's, I guess, they're really treating him like, yeah, whatever you say, you know, yes, Commander, you know. And Jason being, you know, self-centered, kind of like, yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like see all's, all's normal. You're treating me like the star that I am. That's fine. He continues to follow Gwen and attempts to flirt with her, which she rebuffs. Yes. You know, like she's not having it. He then goes to the restroom. And while in the stall, and this is Jason, he's yeah. in the stall, he hears two men who insult Nesmith and the fans. They're talking to each other. Yeah. They, they're basically like, can you believe this guy? He's a laughing stock. He thinks, you know... Yeah, and they also insult the, the other fans. Yeah. Calls them retards. Yeah, that's awful. Which is awful. And you see, and, and they don't know that Jason's in the stall mm-hmm. because he's in the stall with the door shut. And this really hurts him. Well, what really hurts him is when he hears about how his, how the crew, how, how, you know, Gwen and everybody talk. He said, and his friends, they said, yeah, I know they can't stand him. Yeah. Well, you can. That's what got him. He, yeah. This is, he, he can't see past himself. Yeah, and when he heard that not only is he does he appear ridiculous for being so high on himself about right. this canceled show, but his own friends that he's signing autographs with at the table can't stand him. Yeah, and, and, and it's and, and kind of feel the same way about the show as far as like yeah. ah, it's just a show. Yeah, and it and this really, really affects him. His high is is like yeah, destroyed. Th- this truly hurts him. And and it immediately, I'm talking, has an immediate yep. j- jading effect on him. He doesn't speak to his fans. You see him, he's at the table, he's signing him, and he's just flicking the autographs. Yeah, he is no longer engaging with anyone. Not th- completely different. Brandon returns, this is Justin Long, and begins asking him again more detailed questions about the show. Because he, he got cut off earlier. And he's so excited, and he's not stopping, and Nesmith says, it's just a TV show. Just a television show. I <laughs> know. And he's like, Brand- oh, yeah. right, but... Brandon persists, and Jason berates him in front of all these people. Yeah, really loudly. It's really Causing sad. a scene. He storms out of the conference, and and, and Gwen is concerned. She, she, there is something between them. Yeah. You know, she, she's concerned. Uh, and, and, and it's really sad. And I feel, as, as someone who's a fan of a lot of shows, mm-hmm. if, if, like, an actor... Uh, of a role that I really loved berated me like that. I mean, that this is, it would be, it, it well, would Well, you'd never forget it. Like, yeah, it's that just, would it, be part of your narrative forever. Right. Well, we now move on to later that evening. Gwen from her home calls Alex and confides that she was disturbed by Jason's sudden change in behavior. Alex doesn't care. Well, one detail about this scene that I really love is that even in his private home, he is still in his alien headgear. Yes. Like, this is that always that always cracked me up. Well, like he is just on the phone, like chilling out at home, and guess what? It's I, still on his head. I would like to think that that's a talking point, especially for later with Alex, mm-hmm. w- w- because what's beautiful about this this film <clears throat> is all these characters go through an arc. Yeah, all of them are going to go through an arc. Mm-hmm. So, so it's important that we're seeing these things now. Yeah, especially with Alex. Meanwhile, Jason is at home. He's sulking. He's drinking. Mm-hmm. He sees an episode of Galaxy Quest come on, and he, he quotes it. He knows like it. on late night, yeah. like rerun TV. It's sad because he remembers every line. He loves what he did. Yeah, and now it's almost like, well, golly, was that was? Uh, Am ma- I stupid? Ma- maybe it is all excited? stupid. Yeah, yeah, poor guy. But Jason has some things to learn too. He kind of needed it though. He needed to get knocked yeah. off the high horse a little bit. He was kind of awful. We move to the next morning when a hungover Jason. <laughs> Wakes up and he's wearing like a robe and shorts or something. It's like a big shirt. And yeah. no, there are no shorts to be spoken of. Oh, right. <laughs> there are no shorts. There's a lot more of Tim Allen. Right. He wakes up to see the very people he ran into at the conference. In his the, glass the, the, house. At the, yeah, at the at the convention, excuse yep. me, the, the, the previous day. They're at his house, at his door. Just knocking. Just knocking. <laughs> just, as they, just as he told them to. Yeah, true. It's the, the, the group that introduced themselves the as the Thermians. And here are the Thermians. They introduce themselves. 
we have Mathazar. No, no last names. They just introduce themselves right. by by. There's Mathazar, who seems to be the leader. He speaks for them. Yeah. The, the other three have just kind of just standing there. Mathazar is played by actor Enrico Colantoni. Laliari. Sure. Yeah. I don't I, know I'm how to say him. We don't. I think we only see it hear it like once or twice. But Laliari is played by actress Missy Pyle. Mm-hmm. Teb, played by actor Jed Reese, and Lank. Played by a an actor that we are very familiar with. And we love very much. And we love very much, Rain Wilson. A young, budding Rain Wilson. <laughs> Not quite, uh, yeah, uh, pre-Dwight Schrute days. Yes. I mean, he, he is known now as Dwight Schrute. I mean, I have seen him on bit roles before. Like, I saw him in America's Sweethearts as well. He plays, um, like, a reporter. And he was funny there, too. But I think I think America's Sweethearts was was not yeah. long. I think it was like the next year after this, right? So uh, so that's kind of funny. So they're there and they are still in uniform, and they begin telling a, a very hungover and completely distracted Jason Nesmith yes. their story. They are Thermians from the Klaatu Nebula, and their people are being exterminated by a villain named Rothar Saris, who we'll call from this point forward Saris. Yes, they display reverence to Jason. I mean, they they're, they're like. They beg him for assistance and at the same time also express and they say how honored they are to be in his presence as he's bent over like looking for shoes with and stuff. no pants. With no pants. They are honored that they are treating him like, oh, we're just so honored to be. Right. But again, he thinks uh, they're fans. Right. They're starstruck. They inform Jason that they've procured the limo. <laughs> they, they're in the limo now. They're on the way to what Jason thinks. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go in and do the Commander Taggart thing and do this right. little, do the little TV spot little, or something. Little bit part. And on the way, Teb, one of the Thermians, begins to explain the entire history of the Thermian people. Liliara has been silent this whole time, which we find out. And then he's like, does she talk? Because she's the only female in, in the right. group. And they said, well, her translator's broken. And she begins speaking to Jason <laughs> in these strange shrieks now now teb starts telling this story right right yeah and they give him a coca-cola coca-cola yeah one of those so he gets the coke he opens it up teb starts telling the story and what does jason say he's like all right he, he said what he say? he said i, I spent a, i had a rough night with a cromorian fangor beast so i'm gonna just shut my eyes but go on i'm listening to everything he said in other words <laughs> he's gonna go to sleep i am not no what he means is i'm going to bed I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna hear anything you say. I'm gonna shut my eyes, <laughs> but keep talking. Yeah, and I, love it. I mean, clearly they're just like, look, whatever you say, pal. Like they, they are totally in they're, awe of him. It doesn't matter. He could insult <laughs> them, and they would just be like, "This is, this is, this is Commander Taggart. This is wonderful. Yes, we're just happy to be with him." Right. And as the audience, we don't fully know what's going on yet until the we limo, see their car, yeah. the limo. Yeah, until the limo inexplicably and suddenly lifts off the ground. Yes. Jason then wakes up. You know, and he is no longer in the limo. He's awoken by Liliara on what appears to be a real spaceship. Yep. I mean, the hallways and the doorways and the rooms just look all futuristic and, and all, and looks like they're on the set of Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Right. He's led onto the bridge or the <laughs> command deck. You know, where this is where all the operations for the ship take place. It's like if you watch Star Trek, they called it the bridge. Here it's the command deck. Mathazar refers to as the Protector 2. Mm-hmm. I guess because this is the Protector 2 in, in, in homage to the original Protector on the show. Right, because he assumes he is there for a Galaxy Quest gig. Right. <clears throat> now, being the audience, we watch this limo lift off the ground and we realize, wait a minute, something really actually just happened beyond the natural. Yes. Dramatic right. irony. We right. know what's going on. We know the character what's going on. does not. Very good. English, English teacher. Th- this this so helps <laughs> Sorry. us. You know, it helps us, I think so. It's yeah. in my bones. This is you know, yeah, we're learning a lot too. <laughs> so we're we 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 are pretty much uh, under the realization now this is real. Right. Right. <laughs> so I'd also like to point out that his hangover is really realistic. Yeah, and, like, and, and as... I can feel what he's feeling. And as they sit Jason down in the captain's chair, we then switch to a very dark and ominous, the interior of a dark and ominous ship Yeah, with these reptilian, kind of scary-looking aliens. Yes. Our son woke up while we were watching this, <laughs> yes. and we had to kind of be like, okay, 
they're mean, but, you know, they're not real. They're just aliens. They're yeah. kind of goofy. We kind of try to, you know, because they're intense. And, 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 and the prosthetics are incredible. Yeah, they're actually uh, really good. Uh, we, we have these, again, these reptilian lizard-looking guys. And this is Saris's ship. Saris, who is very real, yes. is informed by one of his officers that the Thermians have a new commander. Saris appears to be a part of some, again, like this evil reptilian alien race. Yeah. But again, Jason thinks this is all a gig. So back on the Protector 2, he's looking around. He's impressed with the set and all of its accoutrements. Yes, he's like, you know what I could use is a cup holder and a couple Advil. Right. <laughs> like he's just. He is still just kind of like. He's still so concerned He's just acting like himself. an actor on a set. He's just right. kind of, you know. Yeah, because he's still, he still got his Coke. He looks he's up and, and and he's like, "Wow, this is impressive." And then the screen comes on and it's Saris. You know mm-hmm. that you know he's hailed them. That's another Star Trek term. If yeah. a, a ship hails you, Saris makes a request for what is known as the Omega Thirteen. Again, remember mm-hmm. the Omega Thirteen. The last time we heard it was at the end of that little bit episode we saw at the beginning, that yes. Galaxy Quest Lost episode. And he threatens him, threatens Jason, and threatens the Thermians. And Jason just kind of takes it all in jest because he thinks, oh, okay, wow, okay, th- this is part of the, this is all part of the production. Without even responding to Saris, Nesmith just goes, okay, and then he turns to, you know, I guess one of the Thermians that are sitting at one of the little uh, consoles, and he <laughs> gives, I think, one of the, just the, the best lines of the, sh- of the film, where he j- just essentially goes, okay, here's what we do, and what does he do? He says, hold on, wait. He says, he's like, okie dokie, okie dokie. Blue particle cannons full, red particle cannons full. Gannett magnets left and right and let them run all shoots. And while you're at it, why don't you toss that at him, killer? And he throws the coat can. That should take care of a lobster head, shouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, he just probably used a line that he had used many times. Absolutely. Like, like, so I guess. The, well, because he said, set it on screensaver two earlier. Yeah, yeah, screensaver two. And, right. was, and then he was like, set it on mark two. Like, like he, he's just like. He's just he's going, recalling yeah. just like so, Galaxy Quest knowledge. So when I think of this, I think of Star Trek, which was you know uh, I think of Captain Picard saying "Shields up, red yeah. alert, uh, prepare to fire, fa- lock phasers on target, yep, get the photon torpedoes ready, and all that, mm-hmm. engage, right?" So yes, yeah. you have a mug that says that. I do, right? Oh, so so it. yeah, blue particle cans full. Right? So he just goes through. I guess just let's just Toss let all the everything the protector has just let him have it. And, and the Thermians are obviously like oh we're doing this oh, now like they're bothered but they do it yeah and then he gets up and leaves the thermians are shocked that nesmith just fired on saris because he really did fire on saris yes nesmith does not know he this. just thinks he's again he thinks it's a gig so we say that we make sure that's clear because nesmith is not a he 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 may be self-centered but he is not a mean guy right he would never knowingly endanger someone's life but here's the thing he was asked there to negotiate right and he and because mathazar says that he's like you the negotiation sir you fired on him right and again jason is jason right so because of their lofty view though Mm -hmm. of 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 jason who they see again as commander taggart they think he's helped them so they hug him, they thank him, they give yeah, him a communicator. Yeah, you saved our people. Oh, yeah, you saved our people. Sweet Mathazar. Then, Toby and I could not get over how precious, and that's yeah, really the only word that right. we could come up with for it was Mathazar. He's just yeah. like a sweet little boy. Yeah, well, the, the Thermians, and, and, and I, I think as we've watched the film, I realize that the Thermians are a very benevolent, mm-hmm. loyal, devoted. They're uh, emotionally childlike. Yeah, and emotionally childlike. Not and, like in a tantrum way, but in, in that pure love and kind that of pure, way. Yeah, and, and, and they see as like their their trust is completely unadulterated. Right. Like that they don't understand that this guy is a washed out actor. Right. And that he is not regarding at all or understanding at all what's actually happening. Right. And they still are just like, oh my gosh, we're in the presence of Commander Taggart, right? Yes. And I think that, and honestly, there are so many things that make this film, but really what makes this this film, I think, a heartfelt journey is the Thermians. Oh, for it, sure. It is Absolutely. Mathazar. It's Mathazar and Quellick who we're going to meet. 
and uh, in, in, in part two of this. And even, I mean, even Le- Le- Leliari. Yeah, I Liliari. Mean, they're Lili- all just very tender and very, uh, and, and, and the way they express their their affection for eventually, yes, we know they're going to meet the rest of this crew. Right. It is just so sweet. And it, and, and, because for a while, I mean, we're, we're entertained by, uh, Nesmith and the yeah. gang. But the, the, I feel like who I found myself when I'm watching this film, I'm pulling for Mathazar and, yeah. and his people because, and you're waiting for Nesmith and them to catch up. Yeah. Cause they're, cause the Thermians are truly selfless. They are. They are not, they, they have no other agenda but the well being of their people. Yeah. Um, so you can't not root for them. Yeah. So they give, Nesmith, the communicator, they hug him. Again, you've saved our people. You know, you've saved... How do they no, talk? you saved our people. Yeah. Like, they have this weird inflection I just, of talking. Again, I just want to, like, hold Mathazar. I know, like a little bit. And cry. Or, I, honestly, I just want to... I want Mathazar to hold me so <laughs> I can cry. That's I, I, just how I feel. I you know. know. I, there's certain people we talk about like I that. know, it's true. Mathazar is one. Bob Ross... When Lord. we watch when we watch Bob Ross, you know, again, God rest him. You he know, he just heals our souls. He does, and, and, and I think a universal language he speaks when, yeah. when he's when he's doing his show. But I told Brooke, I said, if he were to walk in right now, <laughs> I would hug him and I would cry and just let him hold me. And I feel that way about Mathazar. Daddy, he's like Papa Bob Ross. Yeah, I know, and it's the same with Mathazar. Yeah, it's just such a sweet character. Yeah. So they give him a communicator, as I said. And they leave him alone in this room, and he's kind of like, uh, okay. Yeah. Which opens up to actual real space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Saturn is yeah. right there. Nesmith is covered in a gelatinous goo and is shot through space back to Earth. And he ends up back at his pool. Yeah. Like right outside. He's standing next to his pool at his house. And he's just like, oh my God. And he's shaking, and he's having this mortified realization that, Wait a minute. This wasn't. Just yeah. Well, and the, there is some day. kind of effect that the space travel has on this. So they just kind of. Well, yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Are like uh, for a while. And then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, th- this this part is very important because this is what's going to make Jason realize. Oh, crap. This was all real. Yes. And he's going to get back, obviously, to the rest of the to the rest of the cast. Now. Again, this is a two-parter, and I think this is a good place to stop. And when we come back next week, we're going to talk about how it becomes real for everybody, as in for Gwen, for Alex, for Tommy, for Fred, and even for Guy. Yes. We're going to talk about how their mission really begins. And I'm really excited because next week is when we really get to see the rest of these character arcs come into fruition. But I think we really set the stage here. Th- th- this is the beginning of Jason's arc, yeah, and, and his realization, and, and and I noticed that really like the first I'd say, forty five minutes of the movie mm-hmm. I would think, maybe thirty to forty five minutes. It's really understanding Jason, yeah, and how the cast responds to Jason. But but when he brings the rest of his uh, cast, the crew along, right, which you know we'll talk about the next week, which is the, you know the second part of the film that we're going to cover. We start to see their their arcs. We're back to the hero's journey. We're back to the hero's journey, and we understand, and and, and we start to understand some things that Jason needed to learn, mm-hmm. and some things that each individual all will learn about themselves. Right, and it's really cool, you know. So as much as we want to keep going, we're already. I know we're sorry for leaving you hanging, but yeah. also not sorry for leaving you hanging because hopefully you'll come back and listen to next week. Yeah, next week part two when we wrap up galaxy quest but i think we've already kind of really hit on some cool stuff you can find it on amazon prime if you have yes, that streaming if you service. have not watched galaxy quest you should own it on dvd or blu-ray though or vhs or even tape. vhs okay. tape right <laughs> no i for sure had it but um no if you have either haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a long time just want to rewatch it it is on amazon prime so if you have prime you can watch it for free yes and watch it and prepare to jump back in with us next week so Let's wrap it up. Want to make sure, as we always do, if you have been listening, we want to thank you for your time. We want to thank you for stopping by our little podcast. Yes. Uh, you know, we, we just hope, again, as always, we, re- we, we reawaken that magic of the 80s and 90s and uh, listen to our other episodes. 
Uh, we'd also like to tell you guys, um, if you haven't seen it on Instagram already, which, by the way, follow us on Instagram at The Tape Store, uh, we have just started um, a Spotify uh, account. We have one for our podcast, obviously, where you can listen. But yeah. we just started a new one called The uh, the Tape Store Mixtape. Yeah, where, where we put our cool songs. And we from. have, I have, we, I have. We have, I kind of curate that a little bit. Yes, we, you do. Um, you do curate it. <laughs> we Completely, have some, not kind of. Well, but you help me with the song. No, I do. Yeah. Um, you, we have some playlists there. We have a Summer 95 mix, which is one of my favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. Classic rock. Uh, Halloween, because we're spooky. Um, and so and we're going to keep adding playlists. So if you find yourself needing some retro tunes and you just want to stay in that 80s and 90s vibe, go and check us out at uh, the Tape Store Mixtape. Yes. If you enjoy what you hear, leave us a rating. Yes, you know? we love that. It doesn't take very long and, you know, it means a lot to us. So thank you guys again. Thank you for being here with us. And until the next time, we're going to close down the tape store. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. Activate the Omega 13. But da dum